Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed so, Company. Welcome back to Mixed Company. I'm super excited. Look at the logo. Like, shout out yeah. to you for letting us promo shit. Wait, what? 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 Oh, Zoom. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It says mixed company. It's also backwards to read, but like I, I did the best I could for now. I guess no, I, I can see it. it. Oh, you no, can? I see it. Yeah, it's it's reading right. Oh well, it's backwards to me. Wonderful, awesome. Hey, Sim. What's up, friend? What's not up, friend? Stolen stolen packages. <laughs> you know the world is still doing worldly things. States are opening back up. Like there's not a damn virus attacking everyone's respiratory system right now. Yes. I will have to say I, I went and got tested on Sunday and it was probably the most pleasant user experience, um, an unexpected pleasant user experience. No, you have to tell me more because that's the opposite of what I've heard. Uh, well, when you're doing the drive-through testing, mm-hmm. like it's, they thought about it. So you pull into the parking lot, uh, they check your ID through the window, then they uh, check your appointment number through the window. Uh, then you go to another stop that took like five minutes and they double check it again. And then they, you go, they stick the thing up your nose and then you're done. And then you pull out. It took me like 15 minutes. That's good. When do you get your, when did, how long did it take for you to get your results? Exactly 72 hours. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad you are Rona free. Me too. Um, I, uh, you know, not for nothing. I didn't think you had it, not one minute. But I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're you're the one experiencing your symptoms. Only you can confirm for yourself if you're healthy. And who am I, I to tell you not to double check? I was dying. Like literally, I, I felt that way. I could not be up for like one to four hours. Yeah, that's called old, and you need B12 vitamins. <laughs> uh, I'm not that old. Um, I rebuke that every every last syllable. <laughs> well, it wasn't corona, so there's that. I have something. I don't know what it is. I have some sort of bug. Because I still feel it. Okay. We'll just have to wait until it's over. Okay, Sure. No problem. Well, with that, I guess we can just go ahead and transition into the corona, uh, just acknowledging that that shit is still here. And it is just, I don't even know the word. It is just, wow, here. God, it's here. So It's happening. Well, the first thing that's happening is that we got these states out here in these streets with their increased cases of people uh, who have the virus, so carriers, as well as increased number of deaths. And they're telling us, oh, no, it's fine. We're still going to go ahead and open everything. And so, like, where I feel like this is starting to put us, you let me know how you think, because maybe Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm a little dramatic. If you can't trust your state government, and for those of you, those of us, who are not necessarily as aligned with our current federal administration, then I almost feel like this is going to impact the election because if you feel like you can't trust any branch of the government at any level, for millennials, for people of color, for, for, for people who are on the outskirts of traditional voting system or traditional um, political Parties. system, like, folks is just not going to fucking vote. Like, they're really just going to say, fuck it, y'all are going to do what you want anyway. And I feel like this is problematic. In addition to that, I also see how these leaders who are making these choices are feeding into media. So, you know, they've been talking about a lot of the protesters, the, um, like, it's Amistad or some shit, but, like, give us free. Like, no one's taking your freedom. They're trying to keep you alive. And then you have the freaking, what is it, governor of Texas get on TV and say there are more, you know, there are, there are more important things than living, guys. Like, really, like, 
<laughs> I'm just, I'm so boggled and I'm so confused. And, and like, I know as a, a American culture, right? When we think of American culture, the melting pot, the way we exist within the world, right? Not talking about race or anything. American idealistic is that nobody can fucking tell me what to do. I do what Good. I want. I make my own money. I hang out with whoever I want because I can. And mm -hmm. I think that there can be something really endearing to that until we're starting to say shit like there are more important things than living. Then right. I just, like, I can't, I just can't. <laughs> I'm at the point where I cannot. So, um, yeah, what you're do you think, friend? You're not, you're not overreacting. Um, you're trying to make, I think a lot of people are trying to make sense out of a lot of nonsense and you can't because these, these lockdowns, these shelters in place, they've been put in place for a reason to keep people alive. Um, but this is, I think what we're witnessing is just a shitty side of capitalism, like where it's profits over people and but no one really- the capitalism piece to it? Because technically, like I hear people saying that and I do hear a lot of people blaming capitalism and y'all know I am one of the most capitalistic mugs you will ever meet. Cause I, as a first generation American, really appreciate the money that I get, right? But I feel like this isn't, that's not capitalism if you don't have people to buy your products. Like, well, this is Thanos. This is the Avengers endgame and Thanos has snapped. Well, I mean, I think when you, for me, when I think about American culture, um, culture specifically, capitalism is just a part of it. So when you talk about that, the identity piece of I can do what I want because I can say what I want, I can do what I want, all of that stuff, it plays into that capitalism. They, that's, that's how they're seeing it. I don't know. I think I, I feel like it's something that's even more insidious than that. I feel like, I feel like it's a, a way to control people. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll stop who? here. I don't know. Well, the masses, the people, the communities, I mean, I don't feel controlled. I feel like <laughs> this is necessary. I feel like all of us who are who, who are staying home feel like this is necessary. I'm talking. I, well, sorry. I, what I'm speaking to is the letting, loosening of restrictions, opening oh. of states, uh, under the guise of we're fine. When like yeah. the house is on fire, like I see right. the fire. It's really hot in here. Smells like something's burning, and yet still the these. People are saying, no, it's, it's fine. Well, I mean, I think this is like, we're literally watching what it looks like to cut your nose off to spite your face. Like right. people just want to be right. They, they don't want to be told what to do. Um, they're just a lot of bullshit that's happening. That to so, me feels more like ego than capitalism. Oh, it's 1,000% one, it's 1, ego. I mean, but I think the scary thing is for people who watch The Handmaid's Tale, this Jesus, feels every like... Every <laughs> day is like another episode. And that this was my show. <laughs> and I had to cut that shit off because it started to get real. Next thing you know, they're going to they're gonna turn off all the checking accounts of single women <laughs> in the United States. And we're going to have... We can't go to the bank without a man there with us. And I, I, I can't. I cannot. Listen... When 45 started uh, tweeting the, what is it, liberate the states? <laughs> I, I was like, what, what, the fuck, what the fuck is happening? What in the Civil War is happening right now? What, what in the 1847 <laughs> is going on? <laughs> like, literally, that's how Gilead started. Oh, I just... <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. You know what? And I think not to put a damper, but I think that this is something to be said. I think people really need to consider that we're at the point with all of this where everyone, if you don't know someone yourself that has been impacted by Corona, uh, whether it be getting sick or through death, you know, somebody very close to you who does. Yes. And that, that let's say three degrees of separation to me is concerning because when mm -hmm. it's, six degrees you know it sounds distant but it's i feel like every week every day if it's not someone i know personally it's somebody that a good friend or family member knows yeah. and like i feel like that shouldn't be taken for granted 
that is like knocking on your door. I will be in the house. I think this is a little too early. I will check back Sorry. again, May 15th, uh, to see how outside is doing. But I am not going no motherfucking where. That is for sure. Same. I mean, I think for, for me, I am going a little stir crazy, but there's kind of comfort in knowing that pretty much the majority of the world is going through the same thing. So like when I see these people protesting, it's it's all 15 uh, of them just upset. Right. Like it doesn't make any sense because it's not like they're singling you out. Like we're all in the same boat together. So like, why do you feel like you deserve some sort of different treatment when everybody's trying to stay alive and they're doing the same thing? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see how this goes over the next couple of weeks. Um, but I will see where this goes from the top of my scoop. Because uh, that's, that's where I go. That's it. Agreed. Uh, how about some dope shit ain't shit? Although I guess that could count as... Well, to that point, that kind of leads into my dope shit. Um, I've just been kind of looking at brands who've been figuring, figuring out strategic ways to activate... Um, fun strategic ways to activate during this moment in time. And you mentioned Trojan a couple of weeks ago, but Oscar Mayer uh, started their, uh, I guess they basically want everybody to cook out in their front yards uh, on May 2nd. So to your point about doing it outside from your stoop, like that's what they're encouraging people to do. And for, I think for every uh, person that tweets a picture of them doing their front yard cookout, basically cooking out with their neighbors from a distance. They're going to donate meals to Feeding America. So I thought that was pretty, pretty dope. So like a stoop cue for myself. But you're supposed to be outside when your neighbor's outside. So you're cooking on your front yard, your neighbor's cooking on their front yard, and so on and so forth. So you're basically having a block party, but you're not getting close to each other. Which is how I prefer my black parties to be. <laughs> uh, but that that's that's a cool idea. That's I don't know. I don't know. Is that putting people in danger? Well, I guess well, not if you're staying in your, together. Yeah. Social distancing, but together. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Well, physical distancing. Physical distancing, socially together. Yeah. Close enough to hear you, not close enough to smell you. Got Correct. it. I like it. I like it. Um, dope shit that I've seen in, and, and again, I don't know how much, I'd like to say that this isn't like media spun, but a lot of the headlines that I've been seeing over the last uh, couple of weeks are about the new leaders that have stepped into the role of, um, or the new people that have stepped into the role of leadership uh, on a global stage have something in common um, and it is one of their chromosomes. Um, it's women. <laughs> women have been getting a lot of um, shine for their leadership in countries such as, dun, 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 I can't find it, in countries such as uh, Denmark, Iceland, Finland, Germany, New Zealand, Norway, and Taiwan. Um, they, the leaders of these countries um, have been receiving a lot of spotlight on the news. They have been on front pages and quite frankly, they have received a lot of um, appreciation for how they're leading their countries. Um, uh, what we are seeing specifically on this Forbes article that I was reading today is that what these women have in common are um, their candidness with the truth, something uh, you know it's been really hard to decipher in the United States these days their decisiveness also something i haven't seen much of in a while uh what else um their use of technology in a way that is more seamless than helps them to to access their masses um as well as their compassion or their love um i think what we seen at least if if i can ladder this back to advertising or just uh, places of work in general, those skills in the past had been seen as soft skills and had been overlooked uh, for characteristics, if you will, of what true leadership means. And I think specifically in a time where we have no choice but to over communicate, because to your point, we've been physically distant from each other, um, it's been extremely important 
to communicate in a way that is transparent, that is to the point that um, has scale and impact and also recognizing that the entire world is in a state of trauma, of fear, of, of, of sadness, of, of, of tragedy, if you will. Um, and therefore there's a level of compassion that is necessary uh, to ensure that people feel comfortable moving forward. Um, and so women like Denmark's Met uh, Fredriksson, uh, Iceland's Katrin uh, Jacob Dotter, uh, Finland's Sana Marin, Angela, Angela Merkel from Germany, Jacinda Arden from New Zealand, Erna Solberg from Norway, and Sai Lingwen from Taiwan. These women are com completely taking us over the edge. Like Taiwan has to, to date has only had, when was this published? April, as of April 12th, Taiwan has only had six deaths in their entire country Whoa. from coronavirus. Whoa. New York City has that <laughs> every 15 seconds. Right. I made that up, but it's basically something like that. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this first, uh, the first episode that we recorded when um, this all started, that new leaders are going to rise and a lot of it is going to have to do with empathy, right? Like, how do you, it's, it's not necessarily knowing all of the answers. And I think that's where, unfortunately, um, a lot of men fail mm -hmm. because you're, you kind of feel this pressure to know everything before you speak it. Mm -hmm. And I think that has to do with, you know, with all the protests, right? Like this, this idea of wanting to be right as opposed to wanting to be effect, effective. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's, when I, when I have heard those stories about the women who have stepped up, like their goal hasn't been, I wanna be right, I want to keep the, the money flowing. It's like, look, we need to be effective right now. We need to keep people alive. Like if we can't, nobody's alive, then there's nothing to do, right? So I, I'm not surprised, like, unfortunately well not unfortunately but like this is just the way that it is i think also not to speak for women but i think a lot of it has to do with um just just smiling um but when you're often overlooked you have no other choice but to develop those soft skills right in order to be effective i can attest to that and so now that you know there's a lack of soft skills being uh showcased on a grand scale across the board, countries, states, companies, all, the, all of that shit, uh, we're starting to see who the people with the soft skills are. Um, right. And that's who people are gonna be drawn to. You're gonna be drawn to the person who you feel is not only trying to get you to do something, but they're acknowledging that you have feelings. Right, no, I 100% agree with that. So it's really, it's been really interesting to see this also um, you know, if we tie this back to the work from home situation that most companies are enduring, um, it's going to be interesting to see when we do get back to whatever working in an office looks like, who are the leaders that people are more drawn to? Who have they been able to form relationships with uh, while working from home or through Zoom? Um, and what do those communication skills look like? You know, how what does it look like to be direct? What does it look like to, to uh, contribute? So Let me ask you a the question. world has changed. And <laughs> in, in your role, do you feel like those leaders that are rising need to be acknowledged by the leaders that are in place? Or is that something that the people who are gravitating toward them need to sort of vocally celebrate in order to make sure um, that when the smoke clears, like these are the people who are being considered for leadership roles. I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know yet, but what I am seeing in my own personal experience right now is that people are looking for a lot of shit that they never, A, knew they needed before, like, like a new type of information system. Mm -hmm. And people are also looking to Love is such a weird word to use when you're thinking about work, but people are also looking to go to a place where they feel cared for might be the better place to a uh, better way to say it. Um, the shit that I, you know, I talk about my work like that, but quite frankly, the shit that I 
do now to, to make an impact is a complete 180 from what I was doing before we entered into quarantine. And like, I don't know if you need your pre-corona leaders to tell you to listen to the people that have impacted your quarantine or have made your lives better, whether it be emotionally, professionally, personally, during this time that we're not home. Like, if your leaders aren't connecting to you, if you're not receiving communication, if no one is telling you the direction forward and no one has reached out to you to check on you, I hope, I know 100% that people are thinking two things. A, out of sight, out of mind. B, you don't fuck with me anyway. Let me go where I'm fucked with, basically. And I don't know what that manifests into. But I do know that it's changed a lot of people's minds about values and what's important. That's, that's real. So well, we'll see. I, we'll see. I, I would tell the people who are, who are listening um, and are noticing that they should just keep notes. And I've never done it before, but I think it's something that should be done. Just like send an email and like let somebody like give somebody their flowers like while the shit is going down because it's it's necessary i think it's just necessary that people acknowledge when they're stepping up to the plate when they don't have to i agree um but luckily enough speaking of stepping up to the plate when you don't have to we're not the only ones on uh today's show we have an amazing guest from one of our biggest uh community supporters, um, one of our favorite places to go and just kind of uh, uh, build our confidence as a podcast, as a team, as marketers, as advertisers. We've got Ariel Blakeman from the Andes uh, slash the Advertising Club of New York joining us today. Hi, Ariel. Hey. Hi, guys. How are you? Going? Good, good. Just uh, and really enjoyed um, hearing you guys' perspective on on emerging leaders and um, and how women are are truly leading with empathy. That's very you gotta, interesting. You gotta have empathy right now. Yeah. You know, like it's one thing. Like it's almost like if you don't have empathy right now with everything going on, you are dead. You're like, a sociopath. <laughs> you're a sociopath. You cannot be human because it's. And it's not an excuse, but it is different when certain things only impact certain communities or when those communities are small. But this is global. Like, right. it's, it's, it's not separated by class. It's not separated by race or gender. It has impacted everyone. If, if you live on this planet, you are experiencing some, some shit. So, um, if you can't feel for people going through the same thing you're going through, it's kind of like, why are you here? <laughs> what are you why doing? Are you on earth? Why are yeah, you? Yeah, that's it's fair. <laughs> it's totally fair. Um, but yeah, before we close out our dope shit ain't shit, I just wanted to throw it to you to see if if you wanted to and if you had anything uh, that you've heard about cool or not cool at all happening uh, in the industry. Otherwise, we can get started with all the things we want to talk to you about. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm i really living for the humor and the absurd that's coming out of um, certain agencies right now, because okay. I, I feel like we're past that point where there's enough sadness and terrible things happening around us that the more people who can put something out there that makes you laugh and makes, you know, makes the situation, gives levity to the situation, even for a minute, I'm, I'm loving. So I think we're seeing more and more of that. Um, yeah. as we get more used to get used to everything. I agree. I'm hoping that like this kind of gets us to a point where things can be funny again. Like obviously still keeping in mind, you know, not being a dick, but also like I want to laugh like 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 I said earlier like so many things are happening that on a daily basis can make us sad 
anybody that's doing anything to make me laugh and have 30 seconds of good I'm okay time, like you, wh- where do I send my money? And how yeah. right. do you get to me? That's it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I've actually, this isn't uh, within the advertising industry, but some of the innovative approaches that comedians are um, coming up with um, has been really interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I'm gravitating towards that because, you know, who better than comedians right now to try to try to lighten things. So uh, Mike Berbiglia, how you say his name, he does this um, daily Instagram live called Tip Your Weight Staff Mm -hmm. and has all these famous comedians come on and it's, it's entertaining. And also the proceeds go to helping, uh, helping in that industry. So that's just, that's something that I have enjoyed on a daily or weekly basis. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. That definitely sounds like some dope shit. Also tip your weight staff, like for real, for real. Yeah. (laughs) It's rough out here. Everybody's working right now. Right. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and read to you a little bit, read to everybody a little bit about the Andy Awards. Um, So for 55 years, the International Andy Awards have been known as the most sought after awards for creative excellence in advertising. At its core, the Andes exists to honor the people behind the great ideas, all in the name of creating a more robust and diverse talent pipeline for the global industry. As a nonprofit, the Andes gives back through a a number of initiatives. The International Andy Awards are produced by the parent organization, the Advertising Club of New York. The the Ad Club is a nonprofit organization for corporate and individual members in the advertising, media, marketing, and ad tech industries. They provide education, networking opportunities, and networking opportunities to enhance professional development expose members to innovation and technology and provide access to influencers, companies, uh, and companies across the entire advertising ecosystem. In addition to the Andy Awards, the Ad Club also produced the I'm Part program, which supports groundbreaking diversity programs. So Ariel, you are literally working at the center of like culture for the ad industry. Um, it's primarily exactly. like ad club. It's the advertising club of New York. You guys are still in the heart of New York city, uh, not too far away from Madison Ave, which is traditionally the hub of all things, marketing and advertising. And you've been around, not you, that like you haven't been around that much of a while, but the ad club has been around for a while. Um, tell us a little bit about how you found your way into the nucleus of advertising here in new york sure the nucleus of advertising um go ahead and tell yeah. them I said that. <laughs> yeah no so like you said the advertising club has been around for a long time um seen a lot of changes but what's really you know what's really amazing about it is the mission has always been to support the industry in any way that we can um, through a variety of different initiatives so a little bit of how I found my way there, or I found myself there, is let's say I'm originally from Colorado, um, and so New York was kind of like this mythical place to me. <laughs> and um, so I was doing different jobs and internships and PR and social media, like right around when Twitter was coming out, and uh, did media buying, all these different things. Um, and realized, you know, I wanna be in advertising and I wanna be in New York. So fast forward, came to New York, um, did worked in an agency, a media agency for a little bit and really felt like there were a lot of silos. Um, like, like I just said, like social media sits over there and media sits over there and, you know, I'd be buying, buying media and realizing I have no idea, like none of us do. I mean, especially mm-hmm. I was starting out, why would I? But what the creative is. Yes. And I just felt like you couldn't see the, the whole picture, picture, how something comes together. 
Um, and I think we're finding our way back to that a little bit more. Like we're seeing media buys be conscientious of the cre creative. Um, we're seeing more strategy, all of that. But so I left there, I left the agency and found myself at the, the club because what better way to get exposed to all different areas of the industry and meet people and learn professionally and, um, and grow there. So ended up helping out for a season on the Andes and really just loved it. Um, you see work from all over the world. You like the greatest ideas. Yep. Um, and you got, you get to see all those pieces come together. Which is so, and that's, important. Yeah. That's amazing, which is super important. And we've talked about that uh, on the show um, a couple of times where, you know, part of being inclusive isn't just the people. It's also the way we need to approach the work because how do you, how do you breed the most impactful uh, campaigns if your social media person doesn't know what the creative looks like that the media team is using that doesn't look know what the the copy looks like for the PR release which doesn't know what the you know it, what the brief said to begin with and so that's right. awesome <laughs> that you're able right that's awesome that you're able to kind of marry all of those things together with your work um, at the advertising club. Um, what's really cool about your role at the advertising club is that you are the woman in charge um, of, of <laughs> organizing one of the largest award shows and most well-known award shows in the entire world, the Andes. Um, I remember the first time I ever heard of the Andes was actually during my time uh, watching Don Draper uh, be the biggest asshole in advertising on Mad Men, God bless him. Uh, still visit with him from time to time on uh, uh, Amazon Prime. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and, and they were talking about the Annie Awards and how important it was. And here we are today and you guys have it going on. And I feel like it's this whole full circle moment. So for those, and more so for our junior listeners, because I think many of us know what the Andes are, but talk to our junior, uh, junior listeners and folks that are just getting into the business and tell them a little bit about the Andy Awards and like, why are they so amazing as they are? <laughs> well, thank you. Um, that's, that's funny that the first time you heard of it was in Mad Men. That, uh, that episode portrays, I think, uh, like our fourth, fourth ever um, mm -hmm. celebration. Yeah. Um, no, so the Andes have been around for over half a century now. It uh, started as a print-based um, award show. It was local. It was not global yet. And um, I actually learned a couple of weeks ago that it started out as a popular choice uh, show. Mm. I'm not sure how when that changed, but I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, so the Andes most known um, in recent decades as the first show of the season. Um, the elite jury. Um, I mean, the, you know, what, what would you say? The godfathers of advertising yeah. have come up through the Andes, mm -hmm. um, have served on the jury. And so it's really, really high level exposure um, to have them comment on your work, to have them vote on your work, review it, all of that. Um, yeah. And we've, we're, not-for-profit as well, just like the Advertising Club of New York. So we're able to give back um, in various ways through it. Um, so that's always been the case. Uh, we haven't spun off. We haven't changed. We have a lot of integrity for who we are and uh, the constituencies we serve. Um, awesome. Oh, that's dope. I mean, I think the, the other cool thing about um, the Andes and you kind of hit on it that it's the the first award show of the season so the the campaigns that usually win at the Andes usually end up going off to basically sweep the other award shows that are out there which is pretty awesome so for people who are looking to I don't know make a splash in their career it's almost like you should be aiming to get that Andes because through the Andes you can basically build up some notoriety around your your work and your skill set. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So as the first show, 
it is the first time that um, a lot of the work is being seen by the jury. I mean, of course, now everything's on the online, it's in the trades the, the next day, but realistically, not everybody sees those, not everyone's paying attention to those all the time. So we're able to show the jury like the work for maybe is their first time seeing it. And you truly see that they get blown away and they get envious of great ideas. Um, and the same goes with students, the student competition, they, the same jury has to review all of the student competition, all of that work. Mm. On a very regular basis, they want to connect with those students. They see a piece of work, they say, can I have their information? They try to hire them. Um, it's, it's by far an amazing process to see, like see someone enter the show and then start working in the industry, right. you know, six months later. Uh, so it's, it's, means a lot to a lot of different people um, where, wherever you sit in your career. Absolutely. And one of the, I think one of the, one of the newer things that I learned is what you just mentioned with the Andes being the first show of the season, um, which, you know, when you're the first, you're, you, you are the trendsetter of all things, right? You are, you are setting the tone, you are creating the messaging, um, everybody after that becomes a knockoff. Um, and I almost feel like sometimes that could be taken for granted because uh, other shows that, that ha happen throughout the year include the Cannes Lion Awards, um, which is postponed until next year or canceled until next year, this year. Uh, and other times the, the, um, the one show from, why am I? from the one club, the one club. <laughs> what what am i saying the one show from the one club so like outside of just timing do you what do you think like a differentiating aspect is um for the andes to to kind of set you guys aside from what happens at all the other the other guys yeah um i think every show has something unique to them and that's great i mean it's a really good thing that we're not all the same um and for us other than the predictor we put out the winners first first of the year um is the jury mm. um i think that that first and foremost is has been a huge part a huge brand, brand differentiator since the beginning for us um further it's one jury like i said singular jury we've never spun off I don't know what, um, I don't know when other shows started to spin off into like, here is our broadcast jury, here is our cyber jury, here is, you know, who, who knows. Um, we've always stayed true to just having one, one integrated jury, which means that the jury does need to be elite. Um, well, does need to be senior creative leaders. Right. Um, yeah, and they need to be able, actually, if you flip it, that's kind of why we are able to be one jury, because mm -hmm. they are so senior. They are, um, you they guys can tell have, like, what the they're looking Janet at. Jackson, the Michael Jacksons of advertising, the Mike Tysons, Michael Jordans, all of those people, <laughs> you know, you've got, you've got, like, like you said, you, you know, you mentioned the grandfathers of advertising, but the people that sit here to critique and discuss and, and 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 quite frankly to judge who is the best in creativity right now sit on your juries and a lot of times like i can even say within the industry um since i've been in it sometimes it's really hard to determine who those people are you know because um with social media and with to your point with you know so many disciplines and you know, disciplines create their own communities, and communities have you know their um, uh, their key people that rise to right, the top. Right. You still need somebody to take all of those people that rise to the top of those communities and determine of all of these people of all of the disciplines who's really going to look at the work and be able to decipher this is the the best. It's almost like the Olympics, right? You can have as many. Uh, you can have as many World Series as you want. You can have as many um, sporting events at the end of every season. But every four years, the best of those best get together 
to right exactly show who's athletically supreme and that is what happens with the andes and that part of yeah love. and you know to that to that point so this year colleen the amazing colleen decorsi yeah. uh from wyden and kennedy um was so generous with her time to to chair again and she was really intentional about opening up the jury a little bit to be inclusive in a number of, of ways, uh, including who are the business leaders outside of who are outside of agencies and what we would traditionally consider communication, because we need all of those voices represented. So you know, this year we had Refinery Twenty Nine um, mm-hmm. on, and um, we've had Twitter and Facebook and and Apple. Um, so we've had, you know, we're, we're dabbling into bringing more brands in to the conversation, um, because we know how important their voices are. Um, so it, it was a really interesting year in terms of assembling the jury and making sure that to your point in these different communities, we had like the rock stars represented. Right. Right. Each, right. You know, in each place. Right. Because advertising still is like rock and roll of creative like let's let's not let anybody forget that sometimes sometimes people forget it, but advertising is the rock and roll of of uh creativity um so with that being said and talking of speaking of juries you guys have some really fun shit coming up on friday that we really want to make sure people know is happening and uh folks will probably start to see our promo um if they haven't already uh tomorrow which is thursday april 23rd Um, So they have 24 hours to prepare for what is looking to be a really exciting moment for you all. So can you tell us a little bit about how how much of an elite jury uh, you'll need to to build up for Friday? And why why do you (laughs) help help you judge? Yeah, so just to back up for a minute, so about three... Um, three years ago now, we decided to open up our judging room in any way possible that we could, while still maintaining that intimacy and that peer-to-peer networking that goes on at, in, at the judging process. So we started live streaming the conversation, the final, uh, the final discussion around the work at judging each year. And if you haven't seen it, it's really, I mean, it's a masterclass. Um, in creativity, just to hear these these folks talk about things. Unfortunately, you know, in life, timing is everything. So this year, uh, about I don't know, two or so weeks before we were um, we were going to do that um, again, this this all kind of happened. This was before you know shelter in place. It just we had to make the call and pivot, as everybody has had to do at some point in this timeline. So we weren't able, we're not going to be able to do the live. We tried, we looked at every single which way possible we could pull this off, but unfortunately just timing um, and technology at that moment were not on our side. So while we were very excited to get back to, to that process, we wanted, we still wanted a way to invite the, the world in, the community in to the judging room to ask questions, to have a voice, to have a say. And so a way to do that is bring back this idea of the popular choice vote and let the industry or anyone really have a voice in it. Um, so we've released the top five best in show finalists that the jury selected. Um, we've, select, we've, we've rolled out four, the next one, the last one is tomorrow. And gonna ask you know everyone just to to tell us like do you feel like this is the best in show in your mind um people always want to get their opinions people always want to have their voice heard so this is a you know an easy simple way to be able to do that and this the pop choice winner will be held in the same you know in the same regard as the other top distinctions uh that will be announced next monday this is like the Billboard Awards of the Andes. This is this is the people are voting for what the people love, right? Right, and you know we don't want to take it doesn't take anything away from how the the jury you know voted and and their discussions. What's interesting for me is to see how consumers and general industry are they going to agree with the jury? Are they not going to agree with the jury? Like, 
So that it's kind of an interesting um, experiment in is that this, way. Is this the first time that you're doing the Pop Choice Awards since? Uh, it is. Oh wow! So this is a throwback. Ever, yeah. It's a and flashback Friday. Awesome. <laughs> Just yeah, and so like in the you know in this space of like staying in place and like having to get creative, like people. First of all, we're using our phones to call people more. That's first of all. Um, yeah. Dating is now done via pen pal ship. Um, that's also nostalgic. And the Andes is opening back up their pop choice award <laughs> so that the people can have a say about what's going on. And I know the um, I know the 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 nominees for this category are under wraps for right now, but I heard that they're pretty, you know, exciting and dope and diverse. And also like, you can see and feel the thought put into all of them. So for people that are interested and people that A, wanna see who's on the, see the nominees and B, wanna place their vote, how do they go and do that? So really simple, just follow the Andes on um, Instagram. And um, on Friday, just tell us, tell us your vote. Um, we've, you know, kind of hacked the system a little bit ever uh, so slightly just to um, Instagram's functionality to be able to offer that in a, in a place that people are already are um, at least once a day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's really it. And then we'll announce, um, announce next week. Awesome. Well, we will be making, yeah. we will make sure that we also share that information with folk, with folks so they can contribute. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and what you like said too about, um, about how they're very diverse. I mean, there's, you know, the one that we shared yesterday is all around craft and execution and, you know, other ones we've shared, it's just like the strategy behind it or the, the, integrity of the idea so they're all it's a good mix that represents the show I and the body that. of of work in the short list i love that and i'm just yep. excited that you guys are like pushing forward and being strategic and making sure that you know this tradition of this industry because tradition is super important with carrying on legacy still stands even during uh, the impacts of covid19 so thank you guys yeah yeah, I mean, I think it's just really a dope way to stay connected. I'm, I'm almost inclined to like have my own little jury party and talk about <laughs> work with the homies and be a little judgy. <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad idea. I know I've got a couple um, uh, uh, meetups, Zoom meetups on Friday. What time? What time does um? What time does judging close on Friday? Um, I believe it will close about 10 p.m. EST. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So maybe so. Maybe we'll host some smaller some smaller parties and encourage others to do the same to kind of talk yeah, about Yeah, that's a great idea. A little creative review going on, you know? <laughs> that's a great idea. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is um, is like get my friends hyped on who aren't in the industry and to show it's them like, look at this amazing stuff that we, you know, and getting their, their point of view. So that's not a bad idea um, at all. I'd I, I be thinking. You do be thinking, right? <laughs> it'd be, it'd be, you know, it'd be spaced out sometimes. But the, the, it comes together, damn it. Oh, man. Well, listen, Ariel, thank you so much for joining us. I know we're excited to see these, not to share these nominees with folks. Um, for those of you listening, if you're excited and, you know, you want to make sure your voice is heard um, and that you're still keeping your creative skills uh, popping, Make sure you guys do yourself a favor. Follow the, are we following the Ad Club? Or are we following the uh, Andy, Andy Awards? Awards? The Andy Awards. Great, Andy Awards. so I'm gonna follow the Andy Awards. Also follow the Ad Club too if you get a chance. Um, but while you're following the Andy Awards, take a look at the work that comes out on Friday and cast your vote. Um, yeah. It's gonna be amazing. So what they could do too is I've been uh, sharing the nominees uh, or the shortlisted um, options uh, in our mm -hmm. stories with uh, the countdown ticker. So if you go to our stories uh, on Instagram, X Miss Company, you can um, set a reminder for yourself. So when the judging opens, you don't forget. Yes, that's key. That's key for those of us who, who need things, uh, need to be reminded. 
not on, if, if it's not on the calendar, is it even real? Always a real. question I like to ask. <laughs> I did right. that for myself so everybody else can benefit. <laughs> well, you are appreciated. All right. Actually, I have one more question question for you, Ariel. Can you sure. name just just so people understand like how big uh the Annie Award show really is. Can you tell us like any of the winners from the past? Like who's won in the past? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you go far back, all of the iconic work that you think of in advertising, like 1984 and, um, you know, Volkswagen work, that is all, all won. Um, in recent years, uh, some of the work, like last year, Dream Crazy mm -hmm. uh, with Colin Kaepernick, that was the big winner. Um, before that, so. Fearless Girl, nice. which was, you know, a completely new way of approaching advertising we haven't really seen uh, before. And then a few years back, one of my personal favorites was uh, Opt Outside mm -hmm. for REI. Yep. It was kind of the first of its kind of, of going against going against like your sales like yeah. <laughs> and standing for something that that is bigger than that so yeah those are just a couple in, in recent years that have won uh it, within the top distinctions awesome well awesome. that's good to know you guys know this is real shit you need to make sure that you are paying attention you're voting you're sharing you're doing your history you're watching that episode of mad men um, because this is this is history, this is tradition, yeah. and this is legacy, um, and you want to make sure that you can be a part of it. Um, and speaking of being a part, you guys can make sure that you continue to check us out uh, on all of the podcasting platforms like uh, shit, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Stitcher, them. Google Play, iTunes. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> We're on all the social medias as well. You can find us on the Facebook. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn, actually. We are definitely on LinkedIn these days. Um, and you can also shoot us an email if you wanna reach out at um, askmixcompany at gmail.com. Uh, so with that, you guys, thank you for another episode. Thank yes, you, Ariel, thank you, for joining Ariel. us. No, thank you guys for, for keeping this podcast connecting the industry in this time. The secret is this is really the only time we really get to like talk to other people. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, like we try to keep it consistent, um, but it's been fun. And like, we, you know, we love talking to you guys. So with that, you guys stay healthy, stay safe, stay the hell inside. Yes. Um, <laughs> no matter what your governor says um and join us for another <laughs> join us for another episode uh i guess i don't know next week or the week after shit Who knows? we'll see we'll see <laughs> soon soon all right peace out everybody all right. take care